This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to season five of The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring Cooper and Andrew Porter. <laughs> and we are here to talk to you about sex, relationships, and mostly sexual relationships. <laughs> A lot of sexual relationships questions in the queue for this season, um, but. That's what keeps us going, talking about what we can do to make sure that you're having the best possible sex in the relationships that you want to have sex in. And uh, that's really, uh, that's what we want to do. We want you to have lots of good sex and some other stuff. What other stuff do we want? We really want you to be able to talk about it. We really want you to be able to communicate about it, to have productive conversations with friends and lovers and even colleagues, you know, about the importance of sexuality education and about, you know, how do we have conversations about abortion with people that disagree with us? Yeah. All of these things are things we talk about on this show and things we want to help you do better. It's just so crazy. We live in a world where sex is literally everywhere, plastered on every surface, on an every television show, in every religion, in every friendship and conversation. Like sex comes up. Uh, and the one thing we're not supposed to do is effectively communicate or tell other people what we want. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But <laughs> that's why we're here to answer your questions. So keep those questions coming in where the sex wrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W. Um, and you should definitely check out our social media presence. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the sex wrap. We're pretty active on Instagram. Uh, not as active on the other two, but occasionally something will appear. <laughs> All right. So what is today's question? Today's question is all about when you have been having good sex with a partner and it's so great and it feels like the best sex of your life and then you break up with them and then you're like, oh no, now I have to prepare myself for bad sex? How do I prepare myself for bad sex? And I love that this there's, this this question came with punctuation, like comma again, question mark. Like, <laughs> So this person was having some good sex, exited a relationship with good sex, and is, it seems like they've probably had multiple instances of bad sex. And listeners, this has happened to all of us. I'm really sorry that you're back in the bad sex bandwagon, but today we're going to talk about strategies to help you get back to the pleasure and all of the fun parts of sex that you're, you're, mo that, that you're sad that you've left behind. So I don't know. Do, so where do we start this conversation? 
Well, I think, you know, sometimes we don't even realize that we were having bad sex until we have a partner that is really communicative and really cares about our pleasure. And so, you know, it's that kind of sounds like that's what the case was for this person where they had been having only bad sex, but they didn't think it was bad sex at the time until they had this really amazing sex. And now they're thinking, okay, most people must be able to only give me bad sex because that's what all these previous experiences were. And I want to challenge that idea because first of all, I think that once we know what sex can be like and we know how great it really can be and how pleasure can really like course through us and we can have these amazing experiences, it's actually easier to find that again, I think, once you learn what that feels like with a partner. And I mean, I also think it's important to note that when you're first having sex with a a new partner and like second and third and even like 10th time with a new partner, like you shouldn't expect that all sex be great sex from the beginning. There's a lot of work that goes into the kind of communication you need to ensure that there's good sex. Yeah, the, the whole theme of this episode, season five, starting out, communicate, communication. But I think there's a lot of messages that we get about sex being great. Like if we look at movies, if we look at uh, music videos, if we look at pornography, you know, people vibe, they hook up, they have sex. It was great sex. In, In actual practice, for most of us, there's a pretty significant adjustment period getting to know someone else's body, getting to know what they like, making sure that your body is able to provide those sort of things. So I think part of this uh, is getting rid of the expectation that all sex is going to be great, wide, great right away, and moving away from some of that toxic, you know, romantic comedy pornography uh, that that sort of thrusts us into this world of everything feels great and everyone gets off the first time, and instead focus on that that work. And, and the work doesn't have to be hard, but you have to practice that communication, and then. When you have experiences that like Spring and I talk about aftercare all the time, like during that aftercare component, if you have bad sex, talk about it. I mean, you probably don't want to tell the person like, hey, you're bad at sex and that stunk and I didn't like it. It could be like, hey, that was great and I had fun being intimate with you, but we need to practice some other things if I'm going to get off. Like there's ways that you can frame that entire conversation to make it really positive and happy, but is that expectation, right? Sex does not start out great with every single partner. It usually starts out pretty eh or mediocre with partners and gets better with communication and practice. So I want to back up to something Andrew said. He said that we learn things from these like romantic comedy pornography. He called it pornography when he was talking about these rom-coms because what the rom-coms are showing us are not true, Right romantically and like how we start to engage with a partner and then how the sex actually turns out. And in more typical versions of pornography that people are watching, it's also the sex is just so amazing, so hot, so vigorous, so active, right? That we expect sometimes that that's what it should be like with a partner. So in all of these variations of media, we're getting sold that sex should be a certain way. And 
what we learn through our experiences is that that is not true and that the more expectations we put on to a sexual partner or on to sexual experiences, the more unhappy we're going to be, right? So we want to start to say, let's have these conversations with our partner. And there are, I think, a few different areas of conversations we can talk about here to improve the type of sex we're having them with our partner. So Andrew already referenced aftercare. So we'll go through that one. Let's talk about how we're communicating during sex. And let's also talk about how we're communicating before we have sex with a partner. And so we can get through all of these different stages of how we can work to improve our sexual interaction. And I think it starts even before you get into sex or even communication with another person. I think that like introspection, really knowing yourself and thinking about what you like, what gets you off, what what positions and styles and dirty talk and whatever it is, like do some introspection and think about what you want. And then practice in your own head a little bit, or maybe practice with a friend talking about what you want. Like how do you communicate? during sex and know that before you start having sex, before you're intimate, understand what your communication looks like. If you're likely to clam up, right? Like know that going in and make sure that you work on practicing what that looks like. But I think introspection is really important, right? If you're going into a sex, assuming that it's going to be bad again, you're probably going to end up having bad sex. If you're going to go into sex with somebody new and be like, all right, this is something new and we're going to have to have some fun and we're going to have to do some exploration and I might not get off this time, but we're going to have fun playing and you make sex playful and intimate rather than that expectation of it always being that emotional pornography that we learn from, you're likely to have a better outcome. Like the framing of this question, why am I going to have bad sex again? If you go into sex thinking it's going to be bad, it's probably going to do be bad. So just do some reflection and introspection and change your thought process before you even get into that communication with another person. Like tell yourself like, you know, the first time I have sex, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be funny. It's going to be different. It's going to be exploratory, but put positive words at the beginning along with what you know about yourself. And if you do those two things before you even get into the situation of communication with another partner, instead of it being bad sex, it's going to be at least fun sex in some way. And let's talk about other things that we can do before we ever even get into communication with our partner. And that's One, we can start to look for signs about how that person cares about us, how they take care of us, how they look for our needs and how they respond to our needs when we voice them or when we even allude to them, right? So like if you're going out to dinner with that person and you know you're sitting down to dinner in order and they just like order their meal and like, don't pay attention to were you ready? Do you, do you want to talk about what we're getting? Do you want to like, and if they're just like paying attention only to their own needs and only looking after their own needs and like, you know, say you dropped your fork and then they don't like try to help you find another one. (laughs) Like all of these things could be signs to you to say like, actually, maybe I don't want to have sex with this person because it doesn't seem like they pay attention to what's important to me, to my needs, to taking care, to helping me out, to being in a conversation about, you know, whatever it is that's happening. So you can start to like use these cues to help you understand what type of partner that person could be. 
I mean, there's a really strong correlation to how someone is interested in you talking at dinner or talking at a movie or like just interacting with them outside of sex to how much attention they're actually going to pay to your needs and your desires and what you ask for in the bedroom, right? So pay attention to those cues. And if someone is not being that communicative, if they're not paying attention to what you're talking about, if they're not engaging with you outside of the bedroom, then I would encourage you to not engage with them inside of the bedroom as well. You want someone who's excited to be with you, who's excited to talk to you, excited to get to know you. And that's true. Even if you're just doing a casual one night hookup, you still want somebody who's engaged with you more than just, more than just the sex. And then you can also think about having, you know, some ways to share that type of information with somebody in those ways before you get into the bedroom. So, I mean, you can practice having conversations like, hey, I really would prefer if we talked about holding hands first before you just grab my hand. Or I'd really prefer if we had a conversation about sharing the ice cream before you just eat. (laughs) some of my ice cream or or whatever it is, right? Are we bringing up past traumas for uh, (laughs) spring? Uh, Eating the ice cream without permission. I don't even need ice cream. But but yeah, I mean, you can start to think about how are we having conversations about needs and sharing that type of information with each other again before we get into the bedroom. And that's another like a little playground for starting to understand what might work well for you with this person and what might not. Yeah. So get into that playground, start talking (laughs) and think about what you would actually say while we take a short break. We will be right back. Thanks for listening, everyone. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today we're talking about bad sex or how to prepare yourself for bad sex. And hopefully the outcome of this episode is how can I prevent myself from having bad sex at all by reframing that conversation, doing a little introspection, doing a little pre-work. And we were just talking about before you get into the bedroom activities and Spring was talking about that sort of sandbox, uh, practicing what you might want to say. And I think something else that's really important along with that is, you know, if you think there might be bad sex or someone's not experienced, or if you've had a bad experience with someone before, like just don't go rushing back into sex thinking that it's suddenly going to be better, right? Like do some work, talk beforehand. This is the, the, the communication that we're constantly talking about. But you've done that. What happens next? So let's talk about the conversations that we have with someone when we think we want to have sex with them. So we've like picked up on some signs that they might care about who we are or what we want. And we think, okay, this could be a good sexual partner. Now let's talk about some of these pre-conversations we can have with them that will prepare ourselves for having better sex. Yeah. W-Y-D question mark. Isn't that it? Isn't that, isn't that like the one line? What you what you doing? What, what you, you doing? Do? Don't, <laughs> don't, uh, make, don't make me try to spell that out. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? All right. So, what kind of conversations? Um, we have a whole episode about sex menus where you actually talk about the things that you want. You might not want to share that with someone fresh and new all the way at the be- beginning, but it might work for you as well. And this is where that introspection comes into play. You know what you like. You know what helps get you there. You know sort of what your boundaries are. 
And that's the kind of conversation that you should have. I mean, if you are somebody assigned female at birth uh, and the only way you've ever had an orgasm is through external stimulation and oral, that should be part of that conversation before you head into the bedroom and at the beginning of the bedroom. Like, hey, I love having sex, but for me to get off, this is something that I really need uh, to happen. Are you cool with that? Are you excited to do that? Are you going to do that? And if someone says no, then you know that you're not going to be able to have great sex with them. Um, and I mean, of course, I would counsel you to not have sex at that point. But it's putting those expectations out there as part of that overall conversation. But along with that, you ask the other person what they like as well, right? Because you make it a conversation. So you're like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. What do you think is hot? Or what do you need? Or what are some things that really get you excited? And you make it playful back and forth. And you can tell people like, you know, some of my best sexual experiences, something that they had in common was this, or, you know, times when I haven't felt really fulfilled during sex, something they had in common was this, so that you can start to share some real insights about what really makes you feel happy during a sexual interaction and what makes you feel not as good so that your partner starts to learn things about you. And I, I love this idea because that phrasing that I'm using right there involves what Andrew's been talking about, right? You have to reflect first. You have to know what the things are that you really like and what the things are that help you have a great time with a partner. And then you can have a conversation like that with the other person and say, and what are the things for you? Like, what has all of your great sex had in common? And what has your not so great sex had in common so that we don't do that so that I can help you have an amazing time in these interactions, right? And when you ask the question back, when you show that you're interested in knowing those things, that is also really exciting for your partner, right? Because they can see that you are invested in their enjoyment and then their pleasure also. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that talking about or, or thinking about previous experiences, then communicating about previous experiences. Um, and you can talk about what's good and you can also talk about what's bad as well. Like you don't want to focus on what's bad, but you can talk about like, oh, well, I've had some, you know, experiences that weren't so great. Uh, and these are the things that I definitely don't want to do or I'm not interested in or I don't want to do at the beginning of a relationship. Like there's lots of ways that you can frame it. I think it's really important, though, once again, if you want to be having really good sex with somebody. You want all of these conversations to be focused on positives. You want all of these conversations to be focused on like, these are good things. Like certainly you can include negatives, but you want to keep the framing of those conversations very positive and upbeat. Like instead of saying, how can I prepare myself for bad sex again? You want to prepare yourself for, well, how can I make sure that as I have sex with somebody, it gets better. And I think that's really the theme of everything that Spring and I are talking about. Something else I think is really important is the idea of foreplay. Like foreplay is not just something that happens in the bedroom. And I sort of hate the way that uh, emotional pornography and rom-coms and porn portray foreplay too, where it's, you know, like 30 seconds of licking and then you stick it in. Um, and that's for gay sex and for straight sex. Like th that's not, that's not what makes somebody hot. That's not what gets someone ready. That's not what makes someone comfortable. That's not what makes someone like intimate. That's like perfunctory like closeness with a person as you're doing your job inside of a movie or a film. 
No, foreplay is a lot more than those 30 seconds that we see. Foreplay is something that can last a whole day or a whole week. It's building up that spark. It's making someone tingle from head to toe just being close to you. And that, I mean, that's what for, that's that's what foreplay is, right? And you can be super playful with it. It can be in text. It can be in pictures. Don't send people unsolicited pictures. Make sure you ask their permission and get their consent along the way. Uh, but foreplay, I, I love the idea of making foreplay really last a long time with another person. And the foreplay is about like turning up that desire, right? So it is about like really cultivating this sense that you both really want to engage in sexual activity. So it's not like, oh, it's 10 p.m. Oh, we should try having sex now, I guess, because we haven't tried it yet, right? You want to feel like you have built up so much excitement between the two of you that it's like, oh my God, can we can we try having some sexual activity now? Can we? Can we? Like both people should feel like at that point when you are really engaging in foreplay. And foreplay doesn't need to be all physical, right? It can be emotional and it can be energetic and it can be like all different types of ways of like getting kind of this idea of a sexy vibe going with somebody. And I think that you probably know what that feels like for you. Like, I mean, I know I really like dancing with people like that can make me feel really sexy, right? Like, because there's like some movement and we're like, you know, having a good time and it's fun. So like, you can start to think like, what makes me feel sexy? What makes me feel like I want to make out with someone, right? Like, what is kind of spurring that? And you, I like this like idea of like, what makes me want to make out with you? Cause that, that to me feels like foreplay, right? Like this, like, oh, I really, I really want to kiss you right now. And so you can think about how can I cultivate that feeling with a partner? And as you work to cultivate that, as you work to grow this anticipation, this foreplay, that is going to make the sex better no matter what. Like when you have so much excitement built, the sex is going to be better. Yeah. And, and there's only one more thing that I want to add to this. I love the idea of like building that desire and excitement. And the other thing that you can really build is the idea of comfort. We know that people have the best sex when they're comfortable with another person, comfortable in the space, comfortable in the exchange. And you can build that sort of comfort. Often people have pretty bad sex when they're uncomfortable. And we're not talking like, you know, on a gravel, rock, ground, hard dirt. We're talking like, are you in a space? Oh, that too. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, that sounds awful. But like, are you in a space where you feel like you can be intimate, that you can open up, that you can express yourself and you can work on building that kind of comfort with another person. Like it's similar to foreplay, but it's a very emotional space where like you can open up because part of good sex is vulnerability and intimacy, right? And comfort is really the space with all of the other things that we've been talking about that help you get to that space. So work on being comfortable, first of all, with yourself, like love yourself, like, and then work on being comfortable with the other person. Yeah. And anything, that, anything? Might, that might be through, like, for example, you know, if 
you're in a place that doesn't have a locking door, you like might not feel comfortable there, right? So like you might want to say like, okay, I'd rather engage in this activity with you someplace where I know we have some privacy, right? Or it might be like, I don't feel really comfortable because, you know, you haven't learned some key details about that person, like their last name or (laughs) where they work or where they go to school or something else, right? So you can think about, you know, what are the things that will make me feel comfortable and then start to incorporate those things in so that you know you're going to have that sense of emotional and physical safety as you start to engage in the interaction. And those things also are definitely going to make the sex better. Yeah. Comfort, safety is probably a better way to frame what I was trying to say, too. All right. Any final words of wisdom before we sign off for the week? Keep at it. Practice. (laughs) The more you have sex with a person, usually the better it gets. I mean, I would say if you have a few really bad interactions, you can kind of say, okay, Maybe this person isn't willing to like learn and grow with me, but it usually does get better over time with a partner. The more you know each other, the more you feel comfortable. You're also more able to communicate as time goes on. And all of those things are going to improve the interactions between you. Yeah, this is one of those times where, you know, I think about each time you have sex with somebody, it's a learning experience, right? And even if you followed every single thing that Spring and I have said on this episode, you still might end up with some pretty bad sex. But in your brain, you need to, instead of saying like, that that was bad, that was terrible, a waste of time or energy, it's none of those things, right? It's a learning experience. And examine that experience and say like, well, what led me to this place where the sex was something I didn't want to have or bad sex? And then more importantly, after you've thought about like what got me here, think about what you can do to nudge it towards a better experience, right? So even bad experiences in our life, we can take them and we can turn them into something positive uh, because we learn from them. And, you know, if you are in a sexual relationship with somebody and you've had bad sex or sex that you didn't enjoy with them before and you follow the same script that got you there, you're probably going to continue having bad sex with that person. So it's really about analyzing the script, updating the script, learning from what happened before. And then if it starts going in that direction, you you putting on the brakes and saying like, hold up, I don't want to go that direction. Let's try something a little bit different. Because like Spring just said, you know, the it, it should get better over time and we shouldn't expect it to be perfect the first time. We should expect it to continually get better. Yeah, I think that's a fair expectation. Like it gets better. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or any other questions about sex or romance or relationships or sexual health, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can email us. We're the sex rap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W W R A P. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the sex rap. And you can call us at 413 I rap it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good day. Hi.